Hey, welcome everyone. This is Virginia Parsons, your hangout mentor and the host of the Inspirational Businesswoman Show, where it is my passion and my purpose to help you, the entrepreneur, reach new heights of visibility, social influence, and success using Hangouts and Air. And I also want you to receive a gold mine of entrepreneurial tips, strategies, and advice so you can grow your business from inspirational business women in the know. But this week, we're featuring a wonderful inspirational business guy, and that's none other than Jack Humphrey. And I'll be introducing you to him in just a moment. So hold on to your hats. He's got some great information coming your way. Now, today's show is sponsored by Hangout-Marketing.com, where you can receive a free Hangout Marketing Assessment that's going to measure your skill set and your knowledge base in using Hangouts on Air to brand, grow, and market your business. So all you have to do to take advantage of that assessment is pick up your phone. That's right. Pick up your phone and text the word SUCCESS, S-U-C-C-E-S-S, -S, to the number 307 269 2040 and you can also see it right down there and that's the number you text and it's a very quick assessment it won't take you more than a couple minutes to do and you might even qualify for a free strategy session with me where we're going to sit down look at your business and really narrow down how you can use hangouts on air to grow your business to new heights of success so take advantage of that won't you I also want to thank you for being here I know your time is valuable and I appreciate you coming on by to learn from some of the best experts out there in their field. So we want to hear from you. We've got a comment section. I want you to go ahead and type in the comment section where you're hanging out from, and also a little bit about yourself, because this show is about collaboration. It's about you and us and all of us coming together to collaborate so that we can all help support and uplift one another. So let's hear about you as well. And then questions for Jack. Make sure you put those in the comments section and we'll get to them. If not during the show, in the after show, you can feel free to come on in and join us. I'll be posting that link toward the end of the show. So without further ado, we're gonna invite Jack on in to say hi and I'm gonna give him a little introduction. Go ahead and say hi, Jack. Howdy. Thanks for All having right. me. Love having you here. And here's what we're going to talk about. First of all, I want you to know a little bit about Jack, and he can tell you more. But he is the CEO of Brick Road Media and the Associate Dean of Directions University, where I've already learned so much from this man. And that's why I'm thrilled to share his knowledge with the rest of you. And we're going to talk about how to get more engaged traffic to your blog or your website using advanced blog marketing strategies. Now we're going to hone this down to some three hot topics. The first one's about creating leverage with cowbirding. I'm not sure what that means, but I looked up what a cowbird is, so I think that's going to be an interesting topic. Also, how to nicheify content using touch points. And finally, on authority building. So Jack, come on in again, say hi to everyone, and tell us a little bit about how you came to be the expert in blog marketing strategies and getting engaged traffic. Well, it all started when I was a little boy. Actually, it started in the 90s <laughs> when I was uh, tracking and I was doing um, I was doing a whole bunch of work with nonprofits and uh, taking them out in the wilds of southern New Mexico, southern Arizona, northern Sonora and Chihuahua, Mexico 
and tracking uh, wildlife and doing wildlife surveys and doing all kinds of um, road ripping. There were a bunch of illegal roads carved into the Forest Service lands and we would find them and ask the Forest Service, do you want to maintain this road? No, it's not on our map. Okay, we'll help you rip it out. So we could return it back to the wild and, and wildlife. There's some wildlife that won't cross even a dirt path, let alone a whole road or a two track. So uh, it was really essential to what we did, but we would bring volunteers from LA and New York and, and all over city slickers. And they were typically members of groups like mine or Sierra club, things like that. And while their hearts were in the right place, they weren't really savvy to, you know, the Southwest environment and, the dry desert and the mountains and everything else and the critters that ran around like scorpions and snakes and things like that. And so we did a little education in exchange for their labor and their donation. And um, so I taught people how to track and that's where I honed all my skills to do what I do today on the web uh, to this day. So in 2000, I kind of retired from uh, that and in 1998 to 2000 i was looking around the web thinking well i'm ruined i've been working for nonprofits my entire professional life thus far um i can't have a boss so i'm gonna have to do something on the internet and i didn't know anything because i had been out in the woods right i didn't know anything about the internet or making websites or anything at the time and um so i just went with what i know and what i knew was okay well there's a lot of successful things going on a lot of successful sites let me backtrack their success and see what's up and uh i guess that was a novel approach it was my only choice it wasn't like i did it on purpose i wasn't a programmer or anything else and or a marketer so i didn't know what else to do and that's what i did so um i started figuring out what was uh, really important to Google mainly. I, I, at the time, the only way your site was ever going to get discovered for the most part was in, in, in big numbers was through search. There weren't social media sites or anything like that. So uh, I kind of accidentally broke the Google algorithm and uh, or cracked it. And uh, along with a guy in Russia and a guy in Canada, um, I was the one who decided to write a book about it. Those guys I just talked to. And I'm like, hey, do you see this? It's all about links. And back then it was all about links. It was if I had a thousand links and you had a thousand and one links, you'd be number one and I'd be number two in search results in the top 10. It was quite simple and it was a great, great time. Oh, search was so easy back then. <laughs> and, and not to make it sound like I'm some kind of like brainiac, that was the easiest algorithm to crack that Google ever had because it was in the beginning and they hadn't started getting spammed yet or anything like that. So they didn't have to put the algorithm that they have now with over 200 checkpoints and, and things uh, that makes it very complicated today to be uh, in search. So I started some websites. I, I did blog success. I did curation soft. I did web to submitter software, all stuff just related to blog marketing, content marketing, things like that. And um, very, very fast forward through all of those years, I met Gina. Gaudio Graves at uh, Directions University, the JV Queen. I'm sure she's been here on your show already. Yes, she has. She was here last December. Yep. So you guys have met her or you have the chance to go watch that show if you haven't. She is the JV Queen for a reason. And uh, I've been working with Directions University and doing kind of my own thing uh, ever since. I sold my companies and kind of was floating around and Gina found me adrift trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And um, and I thought, wow, DU is really, really cool. I'm going to go there. It's neat people to work with and really great program. And Gina is one of the best marketing minds, business minds I've ever met in my life, probably ever will. I would uh, agree. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So that's me. 
Well, that's, that is a short synopsis, but how fascinating just to think about what you cracked literally as far as the Google algorithms are concerned. And now I know things have changed a lot, as you said. What are there, 200 touch points now? 200 yeah, like points? Yeah, 200 and something. I mean, nobody really knows. And even people who work on the algorithm are so sectioned off that I don't know that there's too many people in the world that ever know really the whole breadth of... Because I was thinking about writing a fiction book... <laughs> And uh, and wait, and it starts with a guy waiting in the parking lot at Google who just grabs a guy and stuffs him in his van who is the engineer behind the Google algorithm so he could get certain really high dollar things that he's got already set up ranked number one, you know, in Google. Like, go change the algorithm and then put me at number one for extremely, the most expensive affiliate programs for Amazon and the most expensive stuff so I can just rake in cash for 24 hours probably to do something awesome, like get a kid a new heart transplant or something. I really didn't flesh it out. But I did feel like wanting to hang out at the Google parking lot sometimes and like, what would it be nice to invite one of those engineers out for a coffee? And if he didn't want to go, shove him in my van so that I could get him to <laughs> do my bidding and put me at number one for the best keywords on the planet. I think back then, mesothelioma was the big one, like that keyword people were paying $110 per click for or something like that to uh, oh, just to gosh. get that traffic yeah so I was gonna have a site set up with keywords like that to just get all of that stuff fun but never wrote the book never wrote the book but you, you, have, the <laughs> you have written books though you've hit, written yeah. several uh, yeah. talk about those for a minute and what your most recent one is um, offering for viewers the um, the first book I wrote that was the the still the most famous uh, I've never gotten the response that I did from that book again um, yet but um, was power linking and that was the one talking about the algorithm and um, teaching people how to get lots and lots of traffic from Google for any keywords they want and showing up wherever uh, their market surfed so that's still my mantra that's still what I show people how to do is how to you know be everywhere that your perfect demographic target market is it's just a wildly different internet now and then I wrote the authority black book and I guess in a different way that was really uh, bigger than power linking because it ultimately ended up with a $750,000 day in 2008 um, it built a list of 50,000 really quickly and then that 50,000 list turned into uh, a launch that we had that fall um, that was my biggest day on the internet three quarters of a million dollars and I'll take it I wanted a million but you know, <laughs> I'm not so too I'm still, shabby for sure <laughs> yeah I'm still working on it I would it. emulate then, that anytime <laughs> yeah yeah I mean if that's a failure then I'll take it yeah right. <laughs> so and then I wrote um, uh, bending the web is my most recent well no not my most recent now uh, bending the web, which is still all around how to think really weird and differently about the web. And basically, you'll find in anything that I've written uh, that I run away. When I see a crowd forming around some tactic or some idea, I, you know, run fast. So I hit social media first. I made the first book about how to succeed with social media free and everybody else was you had to buy the, the information. It was so valuable. And that's how I built the 50,000 list in about a week is I was the only one in town. I had $197, what I was going to sell for $197, the Authority Black Book. Uh, I just made it free. And I made everybody mad, and uh, except for the people who got it. And then they're freaking out. And, um, and uh, that's how that came about. And then Bending the Web is, is uh, you know, sort of like some of the stuff that we'll talk about today. And my latest one is the uh, Amazing Traffic Vortex that I wrote with 
Gina at Directions University. Um, still the same kind of stuff that I've always done. I really love to show people how to get attention and but how to do it differently. So I think that's really important because everybody's out there selling, you know, the idea that you have to do a certain kind of thing, a certain kind of way. And I just don't like that. I, I think that when you do that, you get diluted results. I mean, I, I actually know that when you do that, you get your, your results are your results may be typical, which we hate. We don't want typical results. We want extremely great results. We want to be in the forefront. We want to get right in front of our market and right in front of the exact people that we want to, to coach or consult or sell things to or whatever it is that you do. And there's a lot more ways than what the flavor of the day marketing w might tell you. You know, all those little infographics you see all day, you know, what times to post to Facebook and all that stuff. And as soon as I see that or any of my students or clients see that, they're instructed to just run in the other direction. Because we know everybody's over there doing that. That leaves all of this over here as opportunity. And that's where I really love to play is over here. Oh yeah. And and I want to play over there with you in that sandbox. So Yeah, it's it's nice. There's nobody there. They're all chasing the, the ice cream truck down the street or the squirrel up the tree. And and while they're distracted, we do our thing. Terrific. Well, let's take a moment and just acknowledge some people we have here today, and then we'll get into those hot talk topics. Uh, we've got Sven Tash, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. He's here from Germany. Hi, Sven. Thanks for joining us today. We've got Neil Brown. He just tuned in from Santa Cruz, California. And then we have Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I've got it right now. Alvar Zori. I apologize if I butchered that, but he is here from Mexico, just to name a few. I can't see as much as normal because my comment tracker is not working today, but please keep letting us know where you're hanging out from. We love hearing from you. And also, Jack is just a powerhouse of information. If you got a question, please post it and I will do my best to get to it. But let's go ahead and get to the first topic and that is about creating leverage with cowbirding, Jack. What exactly is cowbirding? And did I do okay with that nest with yeah. the cowbird yeah. egg? In the got a nest and those are the actual eggs that you say they are. I mean, you could have just shown any nest with any eggs in it and most people wouldn't know, but that's actually a, a well, was it Robin's? It was Robin's eggs, right? With the blue? Yeah, um, was it? I think it was Robin's. I'd have to go back and look myself. Yeah, or yeah. Bluebirds. No, you don't have to. Bluebirds. No, anyway, but us weirdos. <laughs> but yeah, so that was just something that came out of a bachelor's session at Directions University. I um, I think it was maybe the night before I got the idea. I was watching some nature thing or whatever. I was telling Sammy about, oh yeah, cowbirds. So they're really smart. They don't raise their own young at all. Cowbirds just do not raise their young. They, and you would wonder, well, how does the species propagate with that kind of a, you know, and what they do is they put their eggs in other less fortunate birds' nests, and they're, they're not really providing any service. So the analogy kind of comes to an abrupt end when, you, when you're like, wow, that, that cowbird is making them raise this baby bird. And of course, this huge baby bird hatches. Uh, it's bigger than the other eggs, the actual eggs, like the robins or whoever uh, they, they lay their uh, eggs in. But they will raise them. They figured out, the cowbirds figured out that if you put a strange egg in a bird's nest and it hatches, they'll raise whatever comes out of that egg. And they'll kill themselves to do it. And they practically do because they have to run around and feed their own hatchlings and they got to feed this giant thing that doesn't look like them or whatever, but they imprint and 
Uh, and that is exactly where the analogy ends. The cowbird is very smart and it takes advantage of a situation. And, uh, and we don't do that, of course. But when we plant our eggs in someone else's nest, so to speak, that's using leverage and we're creating win-win-win scenarios so that the egg, um, the person who's got our egg in their nest is actually benefiting as opposed to the birds who have to work so hard. And, and the end uh, user or the consumer is the, the main benefactor of the integration marketing that we set up. So basically, cowbirding is an interesting way to get someone's attention to pay attention to something that's called integration marketing, which just isn't as cool. But now you've got cowbird in your head. So that's where it comes from. So it's using leverage um, and uh, realizing the main thrust of it is that the web is completely overbuilt and it's so incredibly redundant. Virginia, you have a website or two. I have a website or two. We both have servers and hosting, way more than we need, way more bandwidth just in case we have a great big sale or something and something big happens and even then we'll just increase it a little bit and then we lower it a little bit afterwards because our background traffic doesn't have to be uh, it doesn't have to be covered by so we have all this stuff and you have copy on your site I have copy on my site we deal with similar markets in some ways and and everybody in the same industry is dealing with the exact same market and there are people who are young and without children and without uh, as many cares in the world that we have um, or I would have and I'm sitting here working like or thinking about working like I used to when that was me. And and then there's other people who are just I never did want to work that hard. I don't want to work so hard for traffic. And so my solution is, well, since everything is so incredibly redundant and there's people out there who have the time and the ability and the energy to go out and do a perfect uh, content marketing campaign and a perfect social media campaign and and really just stay up all hours and do all the work that you guys already know is is kind of a, a big hard hairy pain in the butt sometimes <laughs> and it's stressful right yeah and uh, and I just decided not to do that anymore I don't I don't generate much of my own traffic anymore uh, it's generated by um, instead of facing my market directly and saying, hey, everybody, one at a time, come in here and I'll coach you or here we've got this great program or whatever. That's how most people market. And it's hard. It's really, really, really hard. No matter what the headline on the latest sales letter or anything says, there's work involved and, and, and a, little, a learning curve. And so instead of that, I just switched my focus to my peers and my, uh, and my betters in my market who are totally pulling down the exact audience that I want. They're totally, totally nailing it with paid advertising, social media marketing, content marketing, blog marketing, all of that stuff. And I'm like, wait, you are getting my people to buy your stuff. And I'm really not even interested in your 150,000 person list. I could care less if you ever mailed that list about me. But what I really would like is to get in front of your 4,000 person buyers list. And here's how we can do that. So here's the cowbirding part. We take our product, we take something really valuable, really helpful and extremely targeted to why those people bought the product from our, our soon to be integration partner over here and, and attach it to that. And so we first go to the partner and say, I can help you get your conversions up because I can help you offer people more when they're getting ready to check out than you're offer, offering right now. And what we can offer is, and it's typically a free membership, to an incredibly valuable membership that's targeted directly to uh, marketers, do-it-yourself entrepreneurs, things like that. It works in every single market though. 
So it's got to be something incredibly valuable and real. And it can't be like, it can't feel like a tacked on bonus. Because if you guys have bought products before, the first thing that you want to do when you get logged in is download something or get started with what you bought. And if you feel like there's this ancillary little thing over here, here's a bonus that I just used to trick you to buy my thing or push you over the edge or whatever. If they feel like that, they're not going to get around to it for a while or at all. They're going to feel like, well, you just tack that on. And plus, I'm just here to do this. This is what I really bought. And that's just a bonus. Integration marketing is different. Um, you know, you want the bird to take care of that egg, you know, and take care of that baby that pops out of that egg. So integration marketing, we set it up so that it is part of the process of when you log in to take care of whatever it is that you bought the main product. It's maybe four steps in the fourth step in the process of that buying thing is get into motivation to profit at directions university. Uh, it's a free thing, get in there for 30 days and there's tons of stuff you can totally steal in 30 days and then, and then cancel. So it's really, really valuable at just on the face. And then if you want to stay, which is what a lot of people want to do because we work really hard to make that awesome, uh, then they stay. And then the integration partner gets the commission the uh, customer, their customer likes their in our integration partner a lot more because they're bringing more value to the table and he's not really having to do anything or she's not really having to do anything, but put that little extra step in there at check-in, sign up for the affiliate, affiliate program and it just goes. And uh, we consult with people because it's really valuable. It, we have all this time to do this work because we're not out there doing social media. We're not out there doing content marketing to the degree. We still do it, but we don't have to do it um, because this is where our customers come from. Now this person is using all of their considerable draw in the market to bring in our exact customer that we want. And what they find when they get inside is step two or step three or four, go join Motivation to Profit. And here's why. And they bring it right into their program and why it's so important. So you have to find really good nests to put your eggs in. They have to have the criteria that they have to match up with the criteria that you need for that to happen. So that's cowbirding in a nutshell. Well, and that's powerful leveraging too, because you're only working with the buyers. Right. You're not, as you said, you're not worrying about the 150,000 list. You're, lo you're looking at the 5,000 buyer list and that's what you're providing the, the value for. Mm -hmm. So yeah, not wasting your time at all. That's very powerful information. I hope you all get that down in your brain, find the right kind of JV partners that you can really complement and provide true value for what their, their um, buyers are already purchasing and provide more to um, enrich the program or the offering that they already have. So great tip number one, put that in your pocket and take it home with you to the bank. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, topic number two, which is niche, nichifying. That's a new word, nichifying your content with touch points. Let's get into what are touch points in your mind, Jack? Well, um, so you can write an article today uh, about something that will generally appeal to your targeted market. And a lot of people are like, well, isn't that what we want to do anyway? Because you said, uh, or somebody said, I'm sure you guys have heard this before, target them. And, and target your market so that you can talk more directly to them. And that's fine, but once you got to the point where you thought you had targeted your market, I would go about 10 steps further and really target within the niche to talk to certain people. So if um, one example we brought up on a bachelor's program uh, or a bachelor's class the other day was um, the article that you would write 
typically to match your whole market that your whole market would be interested in. Nicheify it a little bit more and write it to the part of your market that likes dogs, for example. And so I wrote an article the other day on Jack Humphrey just to set an example for what to get people thinking about it. And I know that not all of the people who pay attention to me are dog lovers. Some are cat lovers and some don't have any pets at all and don't want pets. But I wanted to appeal to people on such a visceral level. I wanted to write a, a laser targeted article to just a segment of the people that I would like to attract and get attention and have new clients and all of that kind of stuff who were dog owners. So one of the examples that we had from a long time ago is guy, the guy named Frank Kern. And a lot of people probably know him. He's a very famous marketer. Um, he had a dog training book. And the dog training book was like, I had a dog cookbook, a cookbook not to cook dogs, but how to cook for your dog. <laughs> there was a lot of confusion from certain countries around the world. They're like, this is not what I wanted. And I'm like, that's not what I wanted to give you either. You're not cooking dogs. I'm not going to let you. I love dogs. So, um, but anyway, we all had dog products back then. I don't know why. But Frank had one, but he did something really interesting with it. He nicheified it and touched every single of the 300 and some odd dog breeds there are in the world. He made up for most of those dog breeds a, the same exact book with most of the same exact training in it, but he replaced the cover with a Pomeranian, a German Shepherd, a Doberman Pinscher, and, and, and the title was not How to Train Your Dog, but it was How to Train Your Doberman Pinscher, How to Train Your Poodle, How to Train Your Dachshund. And of course, you have to understand right off the bat, if you've been marketing very long at all, how much more appeal that must have had to somebody who owns a dachshund who's like, oh, great, they really get me because my dachshund is different. It's not a Doberman Pinscher. It's not a German Shepherd. It's stubborn. It looks funny and it does different things and it's bred for different things. So I don't want to read a general training book. I love the fact that you have a dachshund book. And so Frank made a killing with this. He had basically the same book with different covers on it and different websites for poodle and you know all the different breeds and uh, made a much better connection. His conversions went way up from what he had when he had a general book and he was just selling it to anybody who owned a dog. So that's what we do when we nicheify or, or put touch points into our content. We're basically, you can't just keep writing articles you're going to run out you're going to run out of metaphors you're going to run out of stories in most markets once you've said what you need to say then you've got to say it in another way that's what's really hard about blog marketing is once you've said it it's like well you can't just keep also pointing everybody back to the blog post that says that thing so you got to keep coming up with new ideas and one way to really get a lot more out of your content is to niche within a niche so i went after all the dog owners and i said would you put your dog in charge would you make your dog the ceo of your company and then I went on to talk about how dogs can be distracted by squirrels, which is a metaphor for marketers who get attracted to shiny things. And I got to have that discussion and I didn't really alienate anybody else because even people who like cats or don't like pets at all are going to look at the article and go, what's he up to here? Because it's a weird title, right? It's not a normal, you go to a blog right now and look for how to get more traffic or something like that. There's not going to be a title like that in anybody's blog post, which is great, sets you apart, and it's how we're marketing over here while everybody else is distracted with stuff over here. Get over here where all your audience is, is waiting for something else to happen. They're not interested in that stuff. So that's what we uh, call nicheifying and, and hitting points. So, so think about all the things that your market likes, all the things that your target demographic might like, and really drill down. If they like to surf, then and they're here to learn about 
uh, dog grooming or something like that. Well, you're going to have some articles about dogs and surfing and things like that. Or, uh, you know, and not everybody who likes to surf likes dogs. But you're going to nicheify so that you can make connections because it doesn't matter. That's the day that you write something might be the day that the person that's never responded to anything that you've done picks it up. I love dogs. You're writing about dogs? Your dog is a golden retriever. I love golden retrievers. I'm reading this article. And finally, you're making a connection with a part of your demographic that you've never been able to make one with before. So that's what we mean when we talk about niche buying. Well, and that's the whole point is that you want to be able to, <clears throat> excuse me, at least grab your audience with something that will pique their, in, their imagination, their interest, so that they will get engaged with the information that you're providing. And they'll want to follow you more because you get them because you're relating to them. So that's a, a key um, area of engagement as far as I can see. I think it's a great and brilliant idea. And thank you for sharing that. Let's take Thanks one more break. So. We've got a couple more people here I want to say hi to. This is a truly international audience, Jack. And as I say, I don't have comment tracker, but trying to keep track here. I see Candy uh, Sakai. Uh, she's from Tokyo. Uh, let's see, Ross Betts is from uh, South Australia. Um, we've got Joseph, Mac. Hey, Joseph, we know you. You're you're kind of a local guy as far as our traffic today because it's truly international. Anyway, thank you all for being here. And those of you that haven't told me where you're hanging out from, get on there and I'll try and get you mentioned in there. Okay, so we've got one more topic I think is really, really important. And I love the concept of it. You saw that I made a little caricature review on the on the trailer it's about authority borrowing what does that mean and how do we do it to get a more engaged audience well it goes this is an easy one because it goes back to what we talked about in the first one which was uh, you know we talked about integration marketing so that's basically how you place the Calbert egg in someone else's nest and have them raise it like their, their own and be very very proud of it as part of their program but that could also be a person whose authority that you borrow. Now this person, remember, we set it up. So it was somebody who's got way more authority in the market than you do, way more going on with traffic and everything else. And while most people in your situation might be going, well, six months out, nine months out, I'm going to work my way up to being a quarter or a tenth of what you know my ideal is. And then, and then the money will start rolling in. And a lever just doesn't think that way. A lever just says, wait, if they've already got the traffic, if they've already got the attention of the market, why don't I go figure out how to spend all of my time figuring out how to get in places like that, get on those stages, like having a little TEDx on every single, you know, or whatever it might be, just get into places that already have an audience right there waiting for you. Actually, it's not very hard. It's not as hard as most people would think. And it's certainly way, way, way better and way easier in every respect without exception uh, than doing all this one-to-one -one thing, fishing with your hands in the ocean, just trying. There's a billion fish around there, but they're all over there paying attention to the guy who's feeding them this really good food, and you're over here trying to catch them one at a time on social. Hey, I saw you had a really neat profile. That is not marketing. That is absolutely not leverage. So, so this part is the same thing. You got to get authoritative right away. You got to break into a new parts of your market. If you've been around for a while and you've got some authority, there's always more authority to gain. There's always a bigger fish out there somewhere. And um, there are a lot of examples of how people do that. Uh, they go on, you know, shows. They go on. I'm, I'm borrowing Virginia's authority right now. That's what, you know, you guys know her better than you know me. And 
now she she says I'm okay because I'm on her show. She must think I'm I should be somebody should listen to me, and uh, and so that's why some people are like, all right, well, if Virginia says so. And that's the thing is if you go out and you find somebody who who you would like to be an integration partner with that you'd like to do some cowbirding with, uh, there's more. A leveragist always finds more opportunity than the first thing that you say or the thing that you, you send them an email and say, hey, I would like to talk to you about this. You never want to talk to somebody like that just about one thing, but just let them know, you know, here, let's talk about this or whatever on this call. I'd love to or, or however you do it. But you're always looking for other things. So somebody that you would want to integrate with and have integration marketing or a joint venture with um, is also somebody that is always going to have authority that you can borrow in the market. And that authority jumps you way, way, way ahead when it is pointed in your direction, depending or, or to the degree that that person is, you know, however much more popular than you are in the market and has the attention of a lot more of your market than you do. And so uh, authority borrowing is just doing anything that you can to get on the stage that they've already set up. So think about Bonnaroo or think about uh, Woodstock or whatever and think about being on that stage. Those All those unknowns. Jimi Hendrix was an unknown at Woodstock. I mean, nobody, everybody was just jaw slacked on just wow. And all of these other guys that came on, a band called the Grateful Dead and, you know, everybody was, there were some people who knew about them, but most people, this was their biggest introduction to them. That's the kind of thing that you're doing. And once and after Woodstock, you couldn't, the whole world knew. The whole world knew about the performance that got on this incredible stage. And they didn't build that stage. Jimi Hendrix didn't put the nails in that stage and and bring all the people to the show or anything like that. They would. He had no draw power at all because he wasn't unknown. So he, you know, they're just like, come. They're going to have a lot of music in general. They, there was no reason to bring up Jimi Hendrix or even people like Santana. There was no reason to bring it up because there were people would have been like, ah, whatever. They came for the event itself. And there are people out there with state kind of like that. If you can think in terms of people who have a big draw, then get on their stage, be an opening act, help them out with their education, help them out with their, I mean, offer them free stuff. Say, I would love to come in and train your members. I would love to come in and train your audience on this thing. Well, what do you want? Nothing. Just, just let me come in and do it. And people, are, people have to switch their thinking around because it's so hard to give things away when you're already thinking, I need to start getting paid more or I need to start getting paid at all for what I do. And, you know, but you can't go to somebody and say, hey, I want to sell your people my stuff. That doesn't work. It never works. So don't do that. But I would love to give your people a great training on something that I do. You don't have to give away everything that you know. You don't have to do full-blown coaching or one-on-one -on -one or any junk like that. Uh, but just do make an impact first on the person, on the joint venture partner, enough to say, yeah, my people would really like that, and then sell it through their people. So, like, the way to a guy's heart is through his stomach, they say. The way to a, another marketer's uh, heart is through their audience. So if you can see, if you can paint a picture, here's how your audience is going to feel about you after I'm done teaching them what I know. Then it's done. And that is really, you can rewind this a couple of times, but that is the biggest part, is you make them see through the eyes of their audience. And, and that's all they care about. They're successful to the degree that their audience continues to love them, evangelize them, and everything else. And so if they're, if you can say, if you can paint a picture that they believe that their audience is going to love them 
so much more. They're going to be able to attract so many more audience members because of the training that you're going to do or whatever it is. I just keep bringing up training, but whatever it is you're going to do for them, then um, then you've got them. And, and that's 100% of the time. It takes a real weirdo to hear a pitch like that and say no. Uh, it can happen, though, if they feel like you're going to overshadow them. So be very careful if you have somebody who's a little bit more, who's got a really big audience, but they're a little diminutive. They're, they're a little under. And if you're over overtone or if you're uh, too big of a personality, you want to tone it down a little bit so they don't feel like you're going to show them up in front of their audience, which, you know, rarely ever happens. But sometimes it's things that you watch out for. It's really a lot of human behavior. It's a lot of psychology. It's a lot of... Um, it's a lot of stuff to pay attention to that is not said. Things that are said between the lines are really important in these kinds of things. But you have all the time to do these sorts of things because the payoff of this is like you spent 12 months building a huge reputation on social and content marketing and, and getting in the search engines and everything, but you're not doing that. You're going for the jugular right now. And that's how a lot of people have done it. If you read articles, success things, little blog posts about how I got where I am, a lot of people in your industry, you've watched them come out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, they're on the biggest stage in your industry. And you're like, what the heck? I've been doing this for two, three years, and they're already there. That's how it happened. And that's how it happened 100% of the time without exception. There is no other way that somebody can do that. And so now you know that that exists, that it's real, because you've experienced it before. You've seen somebody do it. And now I just told you how to do it. So go. So a story. <laughs> I love it. Well, this is great information. Let me get myself here. Um, authority borrowing is, to me, the bottom line about it is giving. I mean, you start from a standpoint of giving and giving genuinely valuable information. As you say, don't give away the farm, but give enough so that people have something to start with right away. And that also keeps them wanting a little bit more. And that's the one main point I got from the other main point I think is really valuable is that because I've experienced this at, at some events where a guest has been so over dynamic compared to the speaker that you're right. They, they stood out in comparison, I think, too much. And so, yeah, always bring yourself into alignment with the personality of the um, main presenter and make sure that what you say and how you say it is complementary. That's and what one, I pulled one from last that. point, really quickly, the other way to authority borrow is to have somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk on your show, like I did when I was doing a podcast called Website Chat. And that guy overshadows everybody on the planet. There's not another louder, more gregarious guy on the planet than Gary Vaynerchuk, the wine library guy. And I knew that, but I was, I was borrowing his authority by saying, if I can get him on the show, then you, you know, I was doing the whole thing in, in, in the opposite and doing it on purpose. So you guys can bring in people to, uh, that, that are just big personalities and big, big and not feel intimidated at all. I was honored. And you can switch it around that way so that uh, everybody can see the kind of draw that you have. So if you have a show, you have a podcast, you have something, and you want to show people that, well, they might not think as much about you as someone else. As soon as you have that person on your show, they're going to raise their estimation of the ability that you have. Uh, if Gary Vaynerchuk is going to be on Jack's show, there was really nobody else that would ever dare turn me down. I could call anybody else that I wanted in the business and and have them uh, and come on the show and basically just say, yeah, I just had Gary on last week. And they're like, all right, I'll be on. <laughs> so it works in that direction, too. 
Terrific, Jack. This is just very powerful information, and I hope everyone's taken some real golden nuggets home with them that they can apply in their own business to get more engaged traffic and to leverage yourself. Um, I am posting the uh, link to come into the after show right now, and I hope, I know it'll take you a moment or two, but I hope that you will come in and say hi to Jack and bring a few questions his way. If you have a few questions about what we've covered, please feel free to come on in. Uh, we do not have, by the way, uh, we do not have a, um, uh, we don't, since I don't have the comment tracker, we can't worry about some of the questions that I see you have here, but if you bring them in, great. If not, Jack and I will look at these questions afterwards and we'll be sure to get some answers to you because this is really powerful information and I want all of you to be able to take advantage of it and apply it in your own businesses. So before we say goodbye, Jack, do you have any final thoughts or, you know, big don't miss this point that I just made that you want to clarify? Um, yeah, just, just try it. I think a lot of people might be feeling or some people may be feeling, ah, okay, that sounds good for you. Uh, it, doesn't it doesn't take any special talent to do this. It really doesn't. Any time that you've ever seen somebody um, go somewhere you didn't think that they should be, is so easily welcomed be welcomed into something or or it's amazing i study people like that and i backtrack their success and i'm like hey you didn't know this 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 or this and you're supposed to know this 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 and this to get into this market to be where you are now how the heck did you do it the way they did it is nobody ever told them they couldn't and they just like they were just like well here's the opportunity over here why is everybody else trying to do it this way i'm just going to go over here and they just walked in the front door and and it's really just a matter of people just not knowing don't, don't know so much don't be critical about your skills don't don't count pro thinking well i've got to be able to do all of these different things and then i'll be able to go talk to gary vaynerchuk or i'll be able to go talk to somebody there are people out there who are ready to walk right by you and just go i don't know he seems like a nice guy let me go shake his hand and basically that's what we're doing and people are surprised by that because there is a protocol in every industry and we generally in our culture and in many cultures around the world we have the same kind of protocol well, we've got to do this and hold our hats this way and everything and, and then there's people like us that just walk around that line of people that are all trying to get themselves ready to succeed and we're like well i mean i'll learn what i need to learn later i'm, I'm sure that this is a nice person let me go talk to them and help them out and offer them some help and it really takes them by surprise uh, they don't really know what to do with that because everybody's playing that game over there and I come from over here and they're and, and they're like, wow, this is refreshing. You're not trying to do all the crap that these guys are doing over here to get my attention. I don't really even like that. I don't like the way they do that. I really, they find you refreshing in that sense too. Well, listen, Jack, I'd like to say to everybody, if they would like to play in the sandbox with Jack <laughs> and Tina, uh, all they need to do is go to directionsu.com, correct? And they can get more information? Yep, directionsuniversity.com. All right, sounds great. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Jack. We really appreciate it. This is a powerhouse filled with valuable information, tips, and strategies. So I hope that you all go out there and take action. You know that that's what I'm all about, is taking action on the information you get so that you can make a difference in the lives of so many others with your own business. If you have time and would like to come into the after show, please do so now. We'll look forward to seeing you there. And until next week, 
Thank you for being here, Jack. Thank you, everyone else, for taking the time. I appreciate you, and I'll look forward to seeing you next week on the Inspirational Businesswoman Show. Bye-bye now. Bye. Thanks. Okay.